Hey guys, what's up? This is Ellie Huff. And I'm Deanna Huff. And this is our first segment of But Why Should I Care? Hopefully we can bring you a couple perspectives from a couple different generations as I am a college student studying philosophy. And I'm a PhD student in theology and apologetics in the middle of my dissertation. Yes, and basically these conversations are going to be on different topics that may at first seem insignificant, but actually form the foundation of how our society thinks and acts. And so on that note, let's get started. All right. Well, Francis Schaeffer once said, people act as they think. And this really gives the framework for what we're going to talk about today, worldview. And worldview was actually coined by the modern philosopher Immanuel Kant. Immanuel Kant aimed at synthesizing early modern rationalism and empiricism. Rationalism being the source of knowledge is reason and empiricism being the source of knowledge is experience. So Kant's intention was to unify theoretical philosophy that is about how the world is and practical philosophy which is about how the world ought to be to create a system of reasoning. So he coined the term worldview as reflecting on beliefs such as religious, scientific, or moral beliefs in order to make judgments. And that continued to spread between people who were studying academically all the way until today when we hear teachers talking about worldview. And oftentimes we think of worldview consisting of four questions. Ravi Zacharias puts it in four short words when he talks about origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. The questions we can think about when talking about worldview include questions like, who am I? That goes with origin. Where did I come from? Who am I, right? And our view of where we came from is going to determine our actions going forward. And so if someone believes, say for example, that God exists, then they might think that God has particular laws that they should follow and then their actions will follow. So when we talk about origin, that's what we're talking about. When we talk about meaning, we include the question, maybe what is my purpose? And however you view your origin is typically going, your purpose and meaning is gonna follow that. Same with morality. So morality, what is right and wrong? And then lastly, destiny. What happens in the afterlife? These four questions give us the basis for the worldview that we have. And so how we answer these questions is going to determine what our actions are going to be that follow. And one of the things that we need to ask is, where, where is our worldview formulated? I mean, where is it coming from? What are the influences regarding a worldview in people's lives? And that's an excellent question to examine because once you understand where your answers are coming from, you can begin to examine your own worldview and know why you believe what you believe. And these influences shape our worldview most oftentimes without us even knowing it. So things such as our family, um, religious affiliation, our culture and society, and even our education, they we derive our beliefs from what is around us and what is influencing us and it impacts how we think and therefore what we believe. You know, it's interesting because 
in The Gathering Storm by Al Mohler recently, he wrote, the cultural products we watch and read and listen to are sending moral messages constantly. Hollywood controls the narrative, and if you can manipulate the narrative, you govern the mentality, the worldview, and character of a culture. And Hollywood has for some time made several movies regarding ideas behind the movie. And they'll talk about the value of humanity, they'll talk about goals in life, what success looks like, what the afterlife looks like regarding heaven and hell even. And the culture takes on these ideas and as we're taking on these ideas, then we're making decisions and actions off of these influences. And it's interesting because even in my Bible class, when I'm teaching my young students, I will ask them to view or examine movies and worldviews in those movies because we wanna know what influences they are making and if they are true, if they are right, if they are good and lovely and noble. And there are movies that, that do advance some of those ideas, but they definitely have an agenda behind it. Sure, yeah, I, I think it's undeniable the morals that you can derive from just simply watching a movie. But I think what's even more interesting today is not just the morals in the worldview being pushed in the movie, but it's how our generation or my generation looks to social media and when they want um, answers for a certain situation, they'll jump on their Instagrams and look up what the celebrities are saying. So not only are celebrities given this pedestal of uh, popularity, they have this new activist title, if you will, because they can speak on anything and people want to trust what they say and want to believe what they believe. So you'll see recently people have turned to NBA players for their worldviews or their response on certain topics or even just movie stars or um, most oftentimes I can't scroll through my Instagram without seeing like the, the all the artists that I listen to posting on their stories about their um, responses to um, racism these days. Or... You're absolutely right. And even in the news, we see this activism taking place, right? In news stories where people are living out their worldview and their ideas. And we see just even recently that there was a lot of attention where one soccer player out of an entire team was standing for the national anthem. And where did that come from? Where did that influence come from? That that would be the only soccer player when 20 years ago, that would not have been the case. Could it be that these people in the field of entertainment have so influenced these young people, like as in Butler County, that took place where this young individual is the only one standing? Because all of those students who were playing soccer that day kneeled. And that just was not the case several years ago. So where do those influences come from? What is shaping that worldview? Yeah, and it's so important to understand your influences and where you're getting your um, beliefs and ideas from because that's, that's your influences. And once you analyze your influences, you can understand where your ideas are coming from. But it's also important to recognize um, and to keep a consistent worldview. 
because once you know, once you understand that you're taking in all these influences, you have to take those ideas and sort of compare them and align them with your core worldview. Because if you don't have a consistent worldview, you don't know what you believe. It'll be a a form of, of, of a syncretized sort of worldview where you, you take in everything and you believe anything anyone says because it's just like how people say if you don't stand for anything, you'll fall for everything. And that's, that couldn't be more true because if you don't understand why you believe what you'll believe, you'll believe anyone that you relatively trust. So that's why influences are so important because that's where you're deriving your 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 ideas that form your beliefs that that form your actions so for instance in a hot topic today that is racism it is obvious once you analyze people's worldview whether they're consistent or inconsistent so for instance uh when i look at some of my friends and on social media you can see that they'll they'll be claiming christians but once they take in bits and pieces from the news and media and take in bits and pieces from celebrities and what they think is the right thing to do and other types of people just taking in everything that they think could be the right response, they might fall into the majority that is to insinuate the best way to solve racism is the utilitarian idea which is the best uh, for the most amount of people but that's forgetting the the minority who disagrees with that particular idea or or the next action they may take i think that's really good when you're talking about these ideas of why people are doing what they're doing and the idea of utilitarianism because it sounds good on the surface, and we know that Proverbs eighteen seventeen says, the first to plead his case sounds right until another comes along and examines him. And one of the problems with utilitarianism is that it is focused on the pleasure as opposed to focusing what is truly good. And what is truly good centralizes in God himself, right? And so when we consider these worldviews and we take a worldview, for example, like Christianity, or we take a worldview like atheism, they are responding to racism with their worldview. How they think is how they're going to respond, right? And so if you look at Christianity, for example, regarding racism, you look at the first question, who am I? Well, I am created in the image of God, and because I'm created in the image of God, I have value and dignity, and what has gone wrong in the world is that we're a sinful people, and what is going to make that right is going to be Christ coming, redeeming the people, and then they are changed, transformed by the Holy Spirit from the inside out, and then they are able to love your neighbor as yourself. And when we can do those things, we look at our government and we say, okay, what is our government for? It's to protect the innocent and punish the wicked, right? And we can see that we can have limited government because God has given us these 
these, this morality that we can live by. Well, the problem in an atheistic worldview is that they're demanding a morality, but the problem is, is that they believe their origin or their creation is not God. It's an evolutionary process. And so you have the ideas of survival of the fittest and what ends up ruling is power. And they look at the world and they say, well, what's gone wrong with the world? Well, people are oppressed. And so what we need to do is we need to change the government. And if we change the government, then they can quit being oppressed because we have these laws, right? And that's their solution. And the challenge to that is the government or the society itself is constructing rules and regulations that we live by. Whereas Christianity says there is a God and because there is a God, the, the way that we treat one another is the way that he has given us in his moral law. And that's to love our neighbor as ourself, right? It's interesting because even when you talk to someone who is atheistic and you say, well, why should I treat my neighbor well? Or why should I value all humanity? Or why should all lives matter? Those types of things then they have to come back to the idea that the society is constructing rules and regulations. But at the end of the day, who's constructing those rules and regulations? So in the end, when you look at the two worldviews, a Christian worldview and how they handle racism, they have an objective truth because they have a creator and a lawgiver. And that lawgiver says that we love our neighbor as ourself and that all humanity has dignity because they're created in the image of God. But a secular worldview or an atheistic worldview states that evolutionary processes made us and the society is constructing these ideas of morality. It's interesting because even when we look back at Nietzsche, you know, he had these these thoughts where he said that the English-speaking world would try to abandon God and yet they would want to maintain values of compassion, universal benevolence, these ideas of conscience. But he says, you know, it will be harder and harder to justify or motivate people to morality and people will become more selfish and there will be no way to to encourage those compassions except by coercion. And that, that's correct. If you don't have objective truth, if you don't have a truth that is outside of ourselves, then why should we follow what the society is constructing and telling us what truth is? That's not an objective universal truth. But in Christianity, we have a universal and objective truth. And we can look at racism through the lens of our Christian worldview and know that we should love our neighbors ourselves. And that is going to create and cultivate a flourishing society. But at the end of the day, why should we care about these things? Yeah, why should anyone care about worldview? That's a great question. The first benefit to analyzing your worldview and others' worldview and knowing how to analyze it is going to be you know what you believe and you you have a stronger uh, belief system and you know why you believe what you believe so you won't be swayed either way by others ideas uh, you can more easily make decisions obviously because you know what you believe so 
any action is going to be according to those beliefs and you can have a consistent worldview knowing you know why you made that decision and that that was the right decision to make. And lastly, um, you can spot other people's worldview and inconsistencies so that you can have better conversations with people and help to enlighten others on how to have a more consistent worldview and be able to make right decisions. So you can know you're doing the right thing and that you can be confident in the, in the decisions that you make because it's easy to be persuaded by the most persuasive person in the room. You can be swayed by professors and by celebrities and by fill-in-the-blank social media what and whatnot and take away anything that they say is true. But if you know what you believe is true, then you can be confident in all the decisions and actions that you make. That's absolutely right. Hopefully this one made you think. Join us next time for our next podcast.